usually like to print out my notes so I can scribble and whatever. But anyway, didn't have ink in the printer, so I'm doing my bit for the environment. <laughs> and I had to make the font really big so I can see it anyway. <laughs> now, um, Josh and Sarah asked me to talk about Jesus this morning, so partly I'm sharing truth about Jesus from the Word, and part of it is also just um, testimony, I guess, because te- our personal testimony is always really important too, because um, people want to know where we've been and what we've experienced and the truth of um, what has happened to us and what God has done in our lives. And I found this sheet when I was looking through some things at home, I found this sheet that's got na- names, titles and descriptions descriptions of God, so God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and I thought, well there's a lot that the Bible says about Jesus, maybe I can just read all of those and then I'll be done. <laughs> but no, anyway, I, I found that really interesting, it was, it was uh, a, it's a good reference to have. Um, so Jesus is many things, he's the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, the Messiah, the friend to sinners, he's, he is so many things but today I want to speak about three aspects of Jesus that um, are standouts for me and the first one is that he loves me unconditionally and extends grace beyond measure the second one is um, he's my source of hope and then thirdly and most importantly he is my savior so Jesus is love and grace Um, scriptures from Romans 8, 38 and 39. Nothing can separate us from Christ's love. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And how awesome is that? That Nothing, the word is so clear that nothing can separate us from God's love. No matter who we are, what we've done, what we're walking in, what we look like, where we're from, nothing, nothing of that matters because Jesus still loves us. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that speaks again of just how much he loves us. We can't even begin to describe how much God loves us and how much, he, how much so um, that he sent Jesus to suffer an unimaginable death for us. I'll talk more about that later. And that's why, why we're um, commemorating or celebrating today. I saw a, a little um, comic strip the other day where two characters were talking and one said, I don't understand why it's called Good Friday. This was on Facebook, you've probably seen it. But don't understand why it's called Good Friday. And the other said, well, if you were supposed to die and someone else came along and said, no, I'll do it for you, you'd think it was good. Yeah, it was good. Jesus extends grace to us when we are undeserving because the Bible tells us that we're all sinners and we're all deserving of death. And I want to share a story in the Bible of um, a tremendous act of grace. Um, 
by Jesus towards a woman that was caught in adultery. And it's in John 8, 1 to 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses... In the loyal Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This woman, how um, humiliating for her. And I always, I used to read this story and think, Where's the man? Why didn't they drag him out too? But it was in the culture and custom of the day, it was the woman who was in trouble. So she got dragged before the courts. And she, would have, she was literally caught in adultery. So she would have been bedraggled and dragged out and possibly naked or half naked. And how humiliating to be dragged out before these men and before Jesus. But Jesus extended grace to her and... and Admittedly, the Pharisees, they hated Jesus and they were just using this woman to try and trap him. But he extended grace to her nevertheless. He didn't condone her sin. He didn't say, no, it's okay what you did. Get up, off you go. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. So he he encouraged her to, to leave it behind, move on, leave your life of sin behind. And... Um, so then I was thinking, we, we are shown so much grace. There are so many stories in the Bible where Jesus showed um, grace and extended grace to many. And we've been shown much grace um, through Jesus' death on the cross. And so we also need to show grace to others. And just a little story, I haven't got the reference for it, but um, a story of a, a man who owed a big debt to a king and um, he pleaded with the king to allow his debt to be cleared. So the king said, okay, I'm going to clear your debt. Um, off you go. Let it, this is, you know, shortened version. Um, then this man, who his debt was cleared, he went out and he saw a man that owed him money. And he dragged him off to jail. He beat him up and threw him in jail and said, you won't be released until this debt is paid. And um, the king heard about this and he was furious obviously, because he, he had allowed this man to go debt-free. So he dragged him off, put him into jail and, and let the other man go. And, and I'm like, wow, he didn't show grace. He was shown much grace, but then didn't extend it to others. And I think that's an important lesson for us also. So my next point is um, about Jesus being my hope. So I'll go first to Hebrews six nineteen. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain 
we'll just leave it at that. We have this hope. And that hope that was talked about in Hebrews is the hope in God's promises and um, God's promises for eternity and his promises in um, Jesus. But there, um, I know there's been so many times in my life where hope it just it goes beyond God's promises. It's hope to get you through the day. And, you know, we all know what an anchor does it, in, in um, the midst of... Uh, a storm or even not in a storm it will hold a great ship in place and there may be you know waves and wind and it may be buffeted around but um, it holds firm and so we um, our family had a, a really difficult time in our life and and uh, a lot of you know the story and many um, walked the journey with us and prayed but we were fighting for years for the life of our eldest daughter and just thought yeah, just praying, just believing. There'd been many hospitalizations, much intervention, prayers upon prayers upon prayers, and the situation seemed hopeless. And I, I walked down to the beach one day near our house, and because um, that's often where I go to clear my head and just you know talk to God. It's sort of like my happy place. And um, I was standing on the rocks. There'd been king tides that week, so I was standing on this rock platform, and the water was sort of swirling all around me and this song um, an old hymn came to mind that said Jesus no what is it um, on sol on Christ the solid rock I stand no other all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand and um, I just thought about there's some classic old hymns such good words in these hymns and so I really felt like God was showing me something at that time because I was thinking about that hymn and thinking about the water swirling around me. It wasn't affecting me. I was standing on solid rock. And I'm like, okay, on Christ the solid rock I stand. And he was showing me that no matter the situation that was going on, that I needed to keep trusting him and to keep standing on the solid rock that is Jesus, and to allow my soul to be anchored in him and for my hope to be in him and in his word and that was so I left the beach that morning and I'm like okay this glimmer of hope just to keep me going another day and another day and another day and so many times in my life and, I, and I'm sure you've experienced that where you're despairing and you just have this glimmer of hope and you think okay I can keep going I can keep going Romans 5 3 to 5 this was written by Paul who really knew about suffering he suffered a lot we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us yes so when we come to the end of ourselves we you know, we do know that that when we persevere, it does build something in us, doesn't it? It builds our character. We learn a lot about ourselves when we have to persevere. And then in the character building, hope comes. So, so when we come to the end of ourselves, that's actually key because that's when God can step in and he can work in ways that only he can. Now, quite a while after that happened, we, um, 
we did see a miracle happen in our daughter's life and she's now been two years in recovery and she's living life to the full and believes in the saving power of Jesus and we are stoked and um, we've really seen answers to prayer in her life in ways that we couldn't have imagined. And I am aware, however, that we don't always see the answers to prayer that we want to see and um, we've all suffered loss or hurt or disappointment that we can't explain or understand and so in those times I think, okay, God, I know that because of Jesus and the hope that he brings, you have the last say. You have the last say over death and disappointment and all of those things that we experience um, this side of eternity. But Jesus, um, through Jesus, God has the last say over all things. And if we have a hope in him and we set our hearts on him and we believe in him, we have a hope for eternity. It extends way beyond what we know here. So my next point comes to Jesus is my saviour. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that is all of us, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus did away with the old law of sacrifice by becoming the ultimate sacrifice. He did away with all the... Um, he became... Um, the, he bridged the gap between us and God because prior to that, the priests suffered... Um, offered sacrifices on behalf of the people and so the priest was like the go-between between people and God but when Jesus came and died he became the sacrifice and did away with all that so we, through Jesus we can go to the Father. How awesome is that? And, um, and he left us when he, when he was risen from the dead, okay, he um, stayed a while, then he went to be with God and he left his Holy Spirit to be our help. Romans 8, 1 to 3. Is that up there, Ebs? Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Now, um, the Greek word, uh, Jesus came because the law in itself was not adequate to save sins. So in this context, the Greek word for flesh is sarx. And it refers to the sinful state of human beings often presented as a power in opposition to the Holy Spirit. So in other words, our, our human nature, our sinful, our flesh, as it's referred to in here, is a power in opposition to the Holy Spirit. So Romans 8.5 says, Those who live according to the flesh or in opposition to the Holy Spirit have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires desires and um, so I believe as we um, 
as we allow what we believe about Jesus into our heart, as we allow hope to rise, as we believe his promises, believe his word, then, then he helps us to walk through this life as we should. And I was thinking about, because um, when we become a Christian, we are called to leave our old self behind and follow Jesus' ways. I was thinking about those old bracelets um, from years back, you know, the what would Jesus do? And I sort of thought they were a bit corny at the time, but um, really a good idea in the sense that it's such a reminder. <laughs> what would Jesus do in this situation? Because as, um, as a believer, I, be- I face, you know, the same pressures as everyone else. Um, financial pressures, sickness at times, worries about the things of the world and family and all of that stuff and prickly people who I call Mr and Mrs Sandpaper because they rub you up the wrong way (laughs) but you know (laughs) but we have to get the mind of Christ we have to to look at those situations and those people and go okay what would Jesus do because Jesus faced all the same things that we do and he faced pressures and emotions and prickly people hateful people who wanted him dead and they sent him to his death and he went willingly and he we were talking in prayer before Josh was saying imagine like the week leading up to this day for Jesus imagine how he because he would have known what he was going to face and he did know because he went before the father and prayed god if you can take this away from me but not my will yours be done and um so jesus in all situations he loved people he extended grace he spoke truth though which was important he spoke truth and offered hope for eternity as he did with the woman in adultery extended grace but he said, go, sin no more, leave it behind. I feel like um, the what would Jesus do is a constant work in progress for me. Um, there's a guy, Greg Laurie, from a church in America who um, had this message on being justified, sanctified and glorified. So justified means that um, we are made righteous in the sight of God because of Jesus, because of what Jesus did. Sanctified means... Um, to be purified, cleansed, freed from sin and glorified is elevated to celestial glory. So when we're justified, when we, when we um, believe in Jesus, when we become a Christian, we are justified. That's it. That's done. We don't have to do that again. It's set. We're justified. Um, and when we finish our life here, we are glorified. We go to be with God for eternity. And... Um, but sanctified, the sanctification, I feel like, goes on every day. It's a daily thing that we have to be cleansed from our sins, our thoughts, our attitudes, our, just all of that stuff that makes, um, makes us sometimes not do things the way Jesus would. So it, I've had difficulties with a certain person in my life this year, no one here, no one here. No one in my family. Yeah, Rob's not here. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not him either. <laughs> Maybe sometimes, no. No, no, no. No, I love him. He, he's a good guy. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh, 
back to the point. I was praying about this certain person, right, and just saying, God, I really need a better attitude towards this person because they're not going to change, so change my attitude. And um, it's a, it's, this person is the sort of person that small doses will do, please. And anyway, so since I've been praying, it's like um, I can feel my attitude changing towards that because this person, <laughs> this person, sorry, I'm saying this person, um, oh, but it's so bizarre because I feel like this person is now drawing to me even more and I'm like, hang on, God, slow down a bit. <laughs> anyway, I don't, you don't need to answer prayers so quickly, but anyway, no, it's good. It's good what God is doing and, and I'm stoked because I, I don't want to have this, near, this yucky attitude towards this person and, um, yeah, so I can really feel a shift. Anyway, so on that point, I need sanctification to occur on a daily basis. We always need to be, you know, um, checking our hearts, our attitudes. And what would Jesus do? So Franklin Graham was talking about his dad, Billy Graham. He said, my father visited nearly every continent on earth multiple times. But there was one trip he longed to make, a trip out of this world. When he travelled to heaven, he did so with a one-way ticket, purchased more than 2,000 years ago with the lifeblood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My father completed a journey that required no baggage, no return ticket. His destiny was certain. How awesome is that? So when we receive Jesus and believe what he did for us on the cross, um, our destiny is certain. Colossians 2, 6-7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Can you just put up that last image, Ed? Please. <laughs> and that was a picture, I think uh, quite a few people have seen that come up on Facebook. It's a cross in the um, cathedral in Paris, the Notre Dame Cathedral. And amongst all of the ashes, um, the cross still stands. And how awesome is that? That is such um, an image of the hope that we have in Christ, of the grace that he extended to us. And of his saving power. Such a powerful image it was. And I'll just read what, um, what the caption was. In the middle of the ashes, the cross still stands. A powerful reminder on Good Friday. No matter the devastation we face, no matter what is burned up, the cross is victorious and Sunday is on its way. How good was that, hey? Such, such wisdom, and um, I we're going to share in communion in a moment. But I, I love Good Friday. I love what it represents, and you think of the the it's um, Kirst, you're saying the week that Jesus had. There's there's no way if you knew what you were going to go through that week that you would go through of it. You know what I mean? If it was me, I would just went like, I'm done. I walk away, kind of thing. But Jesus in his wisdom and he's just amazing in his love and his grace. He, he walked through that, that week with his, 
not only just walked through it, but he walked through it so well with his head held high and, and with such wisdom, such grace, to the point that even when he was on the cross, he showed grace to the, the man next to him. And it, it's just this beautiful image, and that's why he's Jesus and I'm Josh, and, and you know, I would have walked away. But I love, I love that, that Good Friday. I love, I love Easter Sunday that it represents... Um, salvation and, and and the beginning of salvation that's when it, it started for for us but but friday good friday it's it's such a beautiful image of the grace of jesus the grace grace of god and, and it's it's that real real reminder of the grace and we need to be reminded of god's grace every day and the, the more we walk with jesus the more we we do life with him the more aware of the grace we should become but but sometimes we forget that along our way we get it can get cynical and, and, and all of that but may today and may every day be that reminder of, of grace what he done for us from where he's taken us from to where we are uh, now and 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 um i know for me that's something that i've got to constantly remind myself of that that what he done where he took me from what he took me out of to where i am now is only because of the grace of jesus on that cross for us and um yeah i, I saw this um image um with Tiger, you know, Tiger Woods won the Masters this week, which was a pretty amazing feat. And um, someone put up this image. I'll just find it and read it properly on Facebook. Um, and th- it's just showing the amazement of Jesus. It's it's an image of Tiger Woods when everything hit the fan, everything went bad, and he looked like he was just a, an absolute mess. And, and then to him winning the Masters this week. And, and Robert Madu wrote this... Um, Palm Sunday is even proof positive of the fickleness of humanity. It took six days for, for Hosanna to turn into crucify him. So don't ever let um, compliments inflate your head or let criticism infect your heart. Focus on your purpose. And, and, and Jesus had that. He had this, had this moment on, on Palm Sunday to, you know, to, if he wanted to puff, 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 puff up his ego and, and know who, you know, who he was. But... He knew the week was coming. He didn't let that affect him from continuing on into the week he came and continue on into the purpose that God has for us. And may that be an encouragement to us. No matter what people say, good or bad, may that never lose. May we never lose sight of who we are in Jesus and the purpose that he has placed here, us here for. So um, we're going to share in communion. And today I just want to encourage you in, in this moment of communion, just remember the grace that Jesus has shown you. Remember where you've come from. Use that as a fuel to push you in the future to, to extend grace to others. So as, as the communion comes, may, um, yeah, we just reflect on that moment. So I'm just going to pray as they pass this out and then we can take our juice and bread. So Father God, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for that, that um, price you paid by sending down your son so that he can die for us. He can take all our sins, all our sickness upon that cross, Lord God, that he can show us grace Father God, that he can show us the way that we we inspire to live. Father God, we're, we're just so thankful for who you are and for this day. Lord God, and may today be a reminder of what you've done. Lord God, but may it be a reminder every day of what you've done for us so that we can extend that to others. Lord, we love you and praise you. And as we take of your cup, we take of the bread. Father God, may it just be a reminder. Thank you, Jesus.